Snookalupy nuts are we, me and him and them and me. We'll show you what we can do with a load of balls and a snooker cue. Pot the red then, screw back for the yellow, green, brown, blue, pink and black. Snookalupy nuts are we, we're all snookaloopy. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Snooker Loopy Podcast. I am comedian Tom Mayhew and I'm here with my very, very good friend. He's anything but faithless. It's Joe Hannard. Good evening, Hazel. Good evening, everybody at home. There you go. How are you doing, Tom? I'm good, mate. How are you doing? Yes, I'm good. Uh, as, as we're recording this, it's uh, Crucible Eve for me because I'm off to the Crucible in the morning, so... I'm uh, very excited for that. Uh, going on the train as well, which you know isn't something I, I do too often. So, are you going to struggle to sleep at night? Oh well, I mean, the thought of having to be up at six o'clock in the morning on a Saturday when I'm normally up at six o'clock, I'm sure that will that will keep me in bed. I like the idea of your girlfriend going like, "Oh come on, Joe, you need to go to sleep, or Rob Walker won't come." Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> yeah. we did say Rob Walker was going to come down the, the <laughs> chimney, but uh, yes, I mean, take it however you will at home with uh, what Tom's just said, by the way, because it's, yeah, let your imagination run wild. <laughs> Don't have nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, it, it's it's been a, a good week, actually, of, of snooker action. I can't believe we're so far through. It's, I think the first round goes on forever and ever, and then all of a sudden it's mm-hmm. it's very, very fast-paced from that point on. Well, it does get confusing as well, because the whole two-table setup, like yesterday evening there was the end of Sean Murphy's first round match. At the same time, there was a second round match playing. and in, So in your head you go, oh, the first round's over. Oh, no, it's not yet. But the second round started, and it, you, you kind of lose track of it a bit. I've never understood why they don't finish off the um, the two first round matches in the afternoon and start the two second round matches in the evening, other than they could have very little play on the afternoon. Like they're guaranteeing eight frames for the, the fans, I suppose, is what they're trying to do. They've always tried to have sessions where there's only one match concluding and the other one's just starting, so... Speaking of guaranteed frames, tomorrow, Joe, you're going to watch the Stuart Bingham against Mark Allen match. <laughs> yes, yes. Never have I ever cheered on Stuart Bingham so much for a frame. Um, although, to be honest, I think out of the two players, I'd rather Stuart Bingham... Obviously, you know, he's a podcast hero, isn't he? <laughs> I, you know, I'd rather Stuart Bingham beat Mark Allen, but, um, I mean, from what I understand, I haven't seen much of the match yet. But uh, he he didn't play well yesterday. He did well to come out five three, and then has lost seven one in that session, and, and could have lost with a, a session to spare. But you no, know, got Mark Allen and Stuart Bingham potentially for one frame, or it could be the greatest com- comeback in Crucible history. Who knows? I mean, Mark Allen's clearly won seven frames in a row today. So if Stuart Bingham goes out there, wins seven frames in a row, yeah, uh, takes it to twelve eleven, that would be. Amazing, but we'll see. Milkins has already produced an incredible comeback this this championship. Mm. Uh, yeah, I couldn't believe that, and it had to be that match, didn't it? <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm sure we won't talk about it too much, but the, the match that got delayed, of course. I think they're lucky. If Snooker has, um, I think it's it's fair to say, it skews towards a 
slightly older audience, but yeah. if it was a load of, you know, 20-year-olds in the audience, they could have absolutely <laughs> walloped those protesters. Well, like. I mean, the, the, what what uh, I was disappointed by, that we didn't see Robert Milton's turn his cue round and whack him over the head with, with the butt of his cue, or, or you know, um, the, na- the referee's name... Um, slips my mind, but maybe she could have got the extended rest out of the uh, out of the table and clobbered him. So what the you're table, asking but... for, Joe, is more violence in snooker. More violence in snooker. Yeah, that's for the that's for the section of snooker extra this week. <laughs> well, we plug that go. every single episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, what was ridiculous last night? You know, speaking of snooker extra, um, I was watching the the Sean Murphy and C. Jawi, or you know, John Way, as uh, <laughs> as Dennis calls them, or young Chinese sensation. Yeah, even when they're about forty, they're still a young Chinese <laughs> sensation. <laughs> yeah, well, I suppose compared to Dennis, they are. But yeah. Uh, anyway, you know that finished at I think about ten to eleven last night, and mm-hmm. then uh, Rishi Passad was like, "Oh yes, and join us for the the highlights." Me and Stephen will be back on BBC Two at eleven fifteen. Like. 20 minutes do you know what i mean like what why didn't they just stay on air and yeah do the highlights from then and finish 20 minutes earlier the joy of television mate that's what that is the joy of television what have your highlights been so far this championship uh well i think judd trump going out is is probably number one i've got to be honest i've very much enjoyed that yeah i enjoyed that that was good but in terms of highlights you know i think it's been a very very uh, uplifting tournament. Actually, it's been a very positively played tournament. It's been played in a good spirit. You know, obviously, we'll talk about Hussein and Ronnie in a bit, but um, mm, that... generally, it's been played in a very good spirit. And the weather's been really good as well. And I always think the Crucible really shines when you've got that that sort of spring springtime sun. And you know, the Winter Garden's looking brilliant and Hazel glowing and uh, you know the John Parrott's teeth sparkling. It's uh, you know, but I think I just think it's been really nice. Actually, I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think it's been a very, very nice start, and I do feel like it's um, as you say, it's all been played in a. I don't want to say played in a positive spirit because that's what Rob Walker says too often. Like literally, there'll be a, a fifteen frame match and there'll be one bit where someone tells a joke and two players laugh and then Rob Walker goes oh it was played yeah. the whole match in a very positive spirit it's like no they they were human once that was it I, I sort of feel sorry for him in a way but I also find it hilarious that he was stood hoovering the table up like 10 minutes after commentating and then put his suit jacket back on and introduced the players back out I, I mean he started off as an MC. Now he is an MC, a presenter, an interviewer, a reporter, a cleaner, a cleaner, and a commentator. And I mean, is, is there, there anything a, he can't or won't do? A carpet inspector. <laughs> yeah, he was you basically know? an estate agent around Yambin <laughs> Tiles House. <laughs> yeah, so. I mean, I bet you Bing Tao was sweating a little bit in case he found the briefcases underneath that carpet, you know. Do you think um, that's what Rob was looking for? 
<laughs> maybe, maybe that's why he was getting right down. He was listening underneath the carpet. He actually wants to be like yeah. a, a detective or a secret agent or something. <laughs> maybe he's a new Bond. Oh God! <laughs> yes, I mean I can, I can, I can see it <laughs> if I squint. Yeah, I mean, how on earth we go on to that? But <laughs> yeah, it's been played in a good spirit. But uh, speaking of of bad spirit. Um, Hossein Vafai, Ronnie O'Sullivan obviously massive story this week Tom but uh, I mean Ronnie won't care less but Hossein just seems to have a real bee in his bonnet about Ronnie O'Sullivan at the moment and I know Sean Murphy had a war of words with Ronnie O'Sullivan a few years back mm. um, I think it was in one of Ronnie's championship winning seasons and uh, and Ronnie came and beat him with a session to spare so you know I think Sean Murphy very quickly learned not to do that um but also you know with sean murphy and and ronnie that they're, they're kind of in the same class if you like hussein having a go at ronnie is not really any different to pierce morgan having a go at boris johnson you know like as if boris johnson is really going to care what pierce morgan thinks are you trying to say boris johnson is the ronnie o'sullivan of politics <laughs> I'm not. I'm just. I'm just trying to think of some somewhere where we've had a war of words, some insulting words said. Oh, Harry and Meghan. Okay, Harry and Meghan and Piers Morgan. Are you trying to say that Meghan is the Ronnie O'Sullivan of politics? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess in terms of fame, probably. Um, but you know, <laughs> I think of Harry and Meghan as more like the. Jack Krasowski and Judd Trump of... Uh... <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Or the Peter Ebden. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, Ronnie's not going to care, is, is my point. If John Higgins comes out and says that about Ronnie, then maybe it'll get under Ronnie a bit, because Ronnie respects John. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Stephen Hendry says it, he respects Stephen Hendry. Hossein Fafai, I mean, what? And then he comes yeah. out today in the end, frame two, um, gets down, smacks the reds open, right? Mm-hmm. And Ronnie, and Ronnie just clears up. Clears up and goes, you know, Thank you very well, much. like what, what? What an idiot! And you, you know, you're never ever going to turn a crowd against Ronnie O'Sullivan. You're only yeah. going to turn them against yourself. And actually, you know, we can say it all we like about um, the suspended players, but smacking the reds open in a, in a the second frame of a crucible match is a form of match fixing in a way you've just essentially lost that frame you have lost that frame deliberately just you know you had no attempt to win that frame unless a red went in i suppose but i don't think he was trying to put a red (laughs) no i mean do you think there'll be some sort of punishment you know i don't think there will be any punishment for it but it is, you know, had had some had somebody right. I mean, he seemed to have looked up at his mate in the crowd or something like that, and give him give him a nod, and um, you know, had that mate put ten grand on uh, Hossein to lose frame two, then I don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe his mate did do that and this whole emotional he's gonna get suspended <laughs> yeah this whole emotional storyline is just him building that up to get away with fixing the frame 
So now Possibly if they go, you fix that frame, he can go, no, it's just really emotional because of this stuff I've said. And you go, no, 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 actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'd, I'd be interested to know what, what our listeners think of that because um, I thought it was all a bit pathetic myself. How do you think they should settle it? Do you, do you think they should have like a celebrity boxing match or something? <sighs> oh, I'd I'd love them to, but honestly, I really don't think Ronnie O'Sullivan cares. There's just been a few things with her saying this week that I've felt. Are you trying to? Are you trying to put on a show to try and get these fans mm. on your side? But you're never ever gonna get that in a Ronnie O'Sullivan match. You're never going to win the crowd over in that. Not even Jimmy White could do that, really, mm. in my opinion. Well, he could nowadays because he's old and everyone wants him to do well. Yeah. One but, more time. You know, against Ronnie, if if it was Jimmy versus Ronnie in a world final this year, I still think <laughs> most it would, people... It would be 18-0, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I, I mean, I think Ronnie would let him have a couple. But... Um... <laughs> He'd smash the pack up when he's fifteen nil <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe maybe Ronnie would deliberately go sixteen nil behind so he could have the greatest crucible victory ever. He wouldn't go seventeen because um, there might be one one flash of Jimmy White brilliance that yeah. that wins the match. So imagine how much though that would break Jimmy's heart. It might be the end for him, to be honest. He's 16-0 up, and Ronnie comes back and beats him. I think that might be the end of Jimmy White. (laughs) I don't think his heart could take it. But uh... He was never seen again. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You know, I I don't know how you feel about this, Tom. I mean, you're obviously a comedian, um, and a very good one at that, might I add. Oh, thank you. Um... I don't know if you've seen in the the comments. Whenever Jimmy White is involved, they're always like, "Oh, it's that wig, it's that wig holding him down." It's that. What's your opinion on Jimmy White's hair? I mean, he's he's had the same hair for the last forty years. I don't. <laughs> well, I think the point is he was going bald in the mm. mid nineties, and now he's not going bald anymore. So uh, the the long standing theory is that he he wears a wig. I'm quite sure it's a bad hair transplant, isn't it? Isn't that what it is? But um... I, well, I, I heard this. I, I heard that he he had some sort of treatment where they like chop the scalp, the like your bald mm. patch off, and then yeah. try and patch over with hair. I heard that that's what he did. So he but didn't I... go to the same one as Wayne Rooney, for instance. <laughs> but uh... well, he had his much earlier, and it or in... Shane Warne. It was probably when the technology wasn't as good when he had it done, but. Um... Are you saying he's a trailblazer for hair transplants? Yeah, I think so. He should be the the face, <laughs> the, the face or the head of hair transplants. It should be Jimmy White. <laughs> We're going to see adverts next year. And he'll be going, "Hi, I'm Jimmy White. Uh, get yourself a hair transplant like me." <laughs> and he'll turn Australian in the process. He will. Yeah, it sounds good yeah. to me. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> but, like I, I find it funny because you're right about the the comments. There's always people going. <laughs> Oh, Sean Murphy would be better if he lost weight, which he he now has anyway. He's he's had a stomach <laughs> implant or whatever it is, so he has lost yeah. a load of weight. But there's always people going, Jimmy would be better if he 
didn't have that wig or Sean Murphy would be better if he lost weight or <laughs> Bingham would be better if he didn't have so many tattoos. And you're like, mate, I don't think this is how Bingham snooker would be works. better if he was focusing less on hot tubs. Which is not yeah. true. He needs <laughs> his hot tubs to be successful. Well, yeah. Uh, but but what, what really winds me up more than anything is the whole, oh, he shouldn't be commentating while he's playing. Like, Literally nobody said this about Steve Davis and John Parrott while they were still playing. Mm. And Ken, you know, nobody says that about Ken. <laughs> and and I'd not heard anybody say anything about Joe Perry until he lost yesterday. And they were like, oh, well, it's because he's been commentating. And I'm like, no, he was 7-2 up. <laughs> he, nine times out of ten, he wins that match from there. He yeah. played very well. Milkins just had one of those freak sessions where he managed to do the unthinkable. Sean Murphy came up against C, who was playing out of his skin. And yes, Murphy had a few questionable shots in there. I don't think that's because he was commentating. Mark Allen, for the record, has been commentating in the first round, Mm -hmm. and he's about to reach the quarterfinal, has a very good chance of winning the whole thing. And you know what? The part of me hopes he does to shut the people up about you cannot win a tournament if you're commentating on it. What a load of rubbish. What a load of rubbish. This is a new section called Joe's Soapbox. where Joe's rant. <laughs> Joe's... I mean, I am... I, honestly, it boils my blood when I see it on Twitter and somebody says, oh, well, uh, I wonder if Sean will reconsider doing his punditry work after, after he lost 10-9 last night. I, mm. So you're saying if he didn't do any pundit punditry work, he would have won that match ten nine? Or what are you saying? Are you saying that C just wouldn't have played as well? I, I I don't get it myself. I mean, maybe you'll disagree with me, but I do like the implication that people seem to think if they ever don't win, it's because they've commentated. Like <laughs> as if if tomorrow Dennis Taylor said, "I'm not going to commentate." He would suddenly be in the top sixteen because he's <laughs> he's stepped out of the commentary box and he gets his snooker powers back yeah. and suddenly him and John they're yeah. going to stop being commentators they're going to be back at the top of the game they're beating well, again, everyone. Nobody said it about Stephen Hendry, did they? When he lost to James Cale, they did say, "Well, it's because of all that commentary work he's been doing." You know, it, it it's just a thing. People lose matches. There's only one guy that doesn't lose a match in the World Championship. One guy. That's it. The other hundred and 47 players or whatever it is that took part in the World Championship lost a match. (laughs) It it really winds me up. Because I feel sorry for Sean Murphy because I think he is the one that gets the brunt of that criticism. And he clearly wants to do punditry work and commentary. And Whose business is it but his? Mm -hmm. If he wants to do that, I don't believe that Sean Murphy would have been practising all day before his match. That's just not sustainable. You don't practise for 12 hours the day before you're due to go on. He probably did three, four hours practice in between the sessions that he was commentating on. The commentating was his break. And he loves snooker. He's said openly, if I'm not commentating on it or playing in it, I will be watching it in the hotel. So he might as well sit and sit next to John Virgo and, and commentate on it in a nice tight room, you know. <laughs> Hope everyone uh, check your blood pressure after that image of John Virgo and Sean Murphy in a tight room. Yeah, the tight dark room. 
<laughs> I mean, I will say as well for Sean for Sean's credit is that he's good at it. He's good at presenting stuff. He's good at commentary. He's good at punditry. It's not like you know someone like I've heard Peter Ebden do some stuff, and I'm not <laughs> I'm not a massive fan to be honest no. of his punditry. I think also he was okay, but not 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 great. But, whereas um... I think Sean does bring a bit of personality to it in a way well, that Well Sean is a character. He is yeah. of that ilk of the eighties. You know, he gives the old nod to the crowd when he gets a sentry and when he mm. comes into the arena and, and you can see him like talking to the crowd at minus thirty decibels. So but yeah. <laughs> but um and I mean the waistcoat he was wearing yesterday it was very low cut as if it was like a nineteen eighties style waistcoat. Ooh. So you know, um... what a horrible image to put into people's head there. <laughs> I mean, I could almost see his belly button. It was <laughs> right. Get him in the commentary box. Get him in the commentary box. We've seen too much. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I just don't understand it myself. Because if I was, if I was playing at the World Championship, and BBC came to me and said, "Look, Joe, we want you to." to be on our punditry I would absolutely do it. Boom, boom. Joe, you're going to the Ronnie O'Sullivan shop tomorrow, right? Yes, Tom, I am. And uh, Are you excited for it? I am excited for it, actually, because uh, there is a, a meet and greet with the one and only podcast legend, Stuart Bingham. Yay, Bingham. So, uh, I mean, you know, I'm going to watch him get beat in the morning <laughs> and then... Watch Jack Lazowski and Anthony McGill for a bit, and then, oh well, for the entirety of the the session, and then hope that I haven't missed Stuart Baller and Bingham at the Ronnie O'Sullivan shop. Oh, I hope you don't. I hope you give him a big cuddle to cheer him up. <laughs> yeah, I might inquire about one of his hot tubs. You know, <laughs> go go, Stuart, gives one of your tubs. Yeah, <laughs> would you? I could say, would you be interested in coming on our podcast? Yeah, see, <laughs> see how quickly he says no. So he'll go. Sorry, what's the podcast called? And go snooky loopy, and he'll go. Oh, the one that talks about my hot tubs. We knew you listened, Stuart. We knew you listened. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, that'll be that'll be good. I mean, um... have you ever met a snooker player? Because obviously, you've had a lot Ooh. of you've had a lot of interactions with them on Facebook over the years. We've talked about this in the past. <laughs> Well, I've stalked a lot of them on Facebook over the years. I'm not sure I've ever interacted with one other than Mark Williams. That that one interaction with Mark Williams where he tagged himself in one of my photos. Um, that's such a Mark Williams thing to do, isn't it? Yeah. Have I ever met a snooker player? I mean, other than being in the same room as David Lilly, I suppose, a couple of times. Well, and you played Elliot Slesser. Played Elliot Slesser. Before yeah. he was a pro, of course. Yeah, before he was a pro. But uh, no, I don't think I've ever don't think I've ever met an actual Stuka player, you know. I'm so glad that Bingham's going to be your first. That's, I mean, it's hilarious, isn't it, really? You know, <laughs> I mean, I'm just glad it's not Trump. <laughs> you know, imagine if, it, if they say, sorry, Stuart's pulled out because he's about to get beat. Uh, but we're delighted to have Judd. Judd's in Ibiza already. He's Probably, long gone from yeah, Sheffield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you going to say to Bingham when you meet him? Well played. Yeah, brilliant match this morning. 
congratulations on being in the quarterfinal because I'm going to have watched him win Mate, nine consecutive frames. If he does that, you will be his lucky charm. Right, okay. I'm going to say it now, okay? I'm going to say it now. Um, if if Stuart Bingham wins the match tomorrow, I will try and get a clip of, of him for our next podcast, like like a video with him. I have never been so excited for a session of snooker. <laughs> I'm going to be at Q- home Mark going, Allen come on, Stuart! In, knocks in a long red, 147, that's it. Well, of course, this will be. This episode will probably be released um, on the day you're there. So, if people want to yeah. either watch live or watch back the uh, the session and play a game of Where's Joe, Joe yeah. will be in the audience. So, if you find be, him, yes, I'll be wearing me glasses though, so you'll probably not uh, you'll not you'll not recognise me necessarily. But I'll be in the fourth row, in the centre of the crucible. So. Are you going to be just wearing your glasses, no clothes? Oh, I thought you were going to say, am I going to be wearing my Just Stop Oil t-shirt? But I, I thought I would leave <laughs> I don't that think, at home. I don't I'm not think sure you'll they be let, let in, me mate. In. Yeah, yeah. I might, I might get a shirt printed with a Bingham's Hot Tubs on there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean... Are we ever make I, I any podcast love, merch, I, mate? I, I, I would just love. Uh, <laughs> I would love Dennis to put the camera on and uh, and be like, "Oh, there's a, a super fan of Stuart." I'm not sure what the the hot tubs are about, but uh, <laughs> well, perhaps we'll have to ask Stuart, <laughs> one of his super fans. And Stuart loses in the first frame, and he's really upset afterwards. And Rob Walker still still goes, "Stuart, what's all this about hot tubs?" And he just goes. No idea what you're on about, Rob. What are you? <laughs> what are you talking about? I've just lost. Why are you mentioning hot tubs to me? Like, <laughs> how to make Stuart Bingham cry? <laughs> <laughs> but yes, if he wins nine consecutive frames, wins the match thirteen twelve, I will try and get just a little ten second clip of him saying, "I'm Stuart Bingham. Welcome to the Stuka Loopy Podcast" or something like that. I'll be honest, mate. I think if he does win thirteen twelve, I don't think he's going to turn up for a meet and greet. I'm, I think he's just going to go get absolutely hammered celebrating. <laughs> well, he might. He might well do that first and then come to the meet and greet. That might. That might be a. That might be an interesting meet and greet. He turns up for the meet and greet just looking like Mark Williams with a towel around him. Just... Oh God! Yeah, he's come out of the Bingham hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> Who's ready to meet Bingham? Everyone's like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm saying all of this, and they might genuinely sell one of Bingham's hot tubs in the Ronnie O'Sullivan shop. <laughs> yeah. That might be the weirdest bit of merch that I buy for the podcast. Well, yeah, because you're going to be our, our little roving reporter. You're going to find the weirdest yeah. bit of merch, aren't you? I am. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go to the WST merchandise stall, see if World Snooker Championship. 2011 is still there. Um, uh, I'm gonna see how much it's being, you know, sold for. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I'm also gonna try and see if there's any Michaela Tab merchandise. And also, <laughs> although it might be Tatiana Wollaston now, who knows? <laughs> um, I mean, there is some weird snooker merch. We've not even talked about that on. On cue the laughter, but some of the snooker merchandise is flipping weird, isn't it? Like, who goes to the world championship and goes, "Yeah, I want a mug that's got the referee's name on it." Yeah, yeah. 
absolutely um so yeah i'm gonna try and buy the weirdest bit of merchandise that i can from the wst official uh, store and then the ronnie o'sullivan shop as well so that's gonna be exciting will you get big to sign it well hopefully i mean i know um tonight at as we're recording this, John Virgo's there, and if you spend more than twenty pound in the the shop, you get you get a free John Virgo signed cue ball. That's brilliant. Yeah, mate, yeah. they're worth more than twenty quid on eBay <laughs> straight away. Like, I've no, seen them on there; they're worth about thirty quid. Well, like, I know. I, I, I that's why I said to Rachel, I said, "What would be more cool than a John Virgo cue ball? Like, what the hell? Just where's but, the cue ball going written on it? That'd be beautiful." Yeah. Yeah, maybe you can write the lyrics to the song "Where's the Cue Ball Going" on on the cue ball. But it's, I'm presuming you've never. Where's the pink going? <laughs> <laughs> I'm presuming you've never been to a snooker match before. Where's the pink going? No, so, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Tom. It's fine. I, I, I've come to uh, accept that random John Virgo interruptions are part and parcel of this podcast. To be honest. <laughs> Yeah. I imagine it's the the first time you're going to a snooker match where you know it could be as short as one frame. Yes, I think I've been guaranteed nine frames both times I've been to watch snooker before. I, it must be quite annoying, I imagine. Uh, it, was, it was quite annoying because it was five three. I was, I mean, it was three nil to Mark Allen yesterday. I thought, oh, here we go. But he got back to five three, um, and I was at work today. Look at me phone and. It, bloody 9-3 Mark Allen and I'm thinking mm. what on earth you know I was pretty annoyed to be honest and then Mark Allen was in with a chance of making a 13-3 and I've never cheered so much when he went into the Reds and stuck on one um, and then Bigham cleared up with a century to be fair so yeah I mean it, it is annoying because as we've discussed you know it's not cheap to go to the Crucible but it is what it is you know where uh, We'll still get to see a good amount of snooker because, you know, Anthony McGill and, and Jack are just starting their match. So that will at least be eight frames unless yeah Jack pulls out on medical grounds or something. Who knows? But, I guess uh, that's a positive of the two table set up. You've got yeah. a backup <clears throat> table. Yeah. But uh, yeah, would have it would have been quite flat had Bingham lost. You know, today. I mean, we were saying it. It'll be great just to experience Bingham and, and Alan come into the arena, and maybe Bingham could win two or three frames, and that would be awesome. You know, mm. if, if we got to see that and and just cheer him on a little bit, and yeah. Boom, boom. Shall we cue the music, Joe? Yes, let's do that. So, last episode for cue the music, the section where we talk about a piece of music that's either linked to the snooker world or about snooker or has some association, like it's sung by a player or something like that. And last episode, we talked about Snooker Loopy. And I briefly mentioned that at the same time that Snooker Loopy was released, there was a, a rival campaign by another group of players who were they were kind of annoyed at not being part of the whole Matchroom mob group. And so they released a rival single to try and get in the charts. And um, Joe, are you aware of this track? I, You know what? I, I'm not. I, I vaguely remember it being a thing, but I've—I don't think I've ever heard it. So I will be very excited to hear what's going to be in there. To basically tell people what it is, they were a group called Four Away. It was a cover of a song called "The Wanderer," 
and the group was made up of Tony Knowles, Alex Higgins, Kirk Stevens, and Jimmy White. Kind of like, I don't know, were they like the bad boys of the snooker scene at the time? <laughs> the Judd Trump, Jack Lazowski, Peter Ebden, and uh, Hossein Vafai. What a super group for our times that would be. <laughs> But it says in the uh, YouTube description, Snooker promised its own version of Blur vs. Oasis during the 1986 World Championship. (laughs) I mean, that is describing the matchroom mob as presumably (laughs) Oasis or Blur or whichever one is very weird. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But Howard Kruger's Framework Stable launched their very own version of The Wanderer in opposition to the matchroom mob's Snooker Loopy. In the end, it turned out to be a one-horse race as Barry Hearn's boys reached number six, while the Wanderer completely failed to chart, which is why people might not have heard this one. A fun venture nonetheless, even though Knowlesley looks distinctly uncomfortable in this footage. Okay, let's go for it. Best to be singers, but equally, I mean, <laughs> The Wanderer is a song that everybody knows, and uh, we've uh, changed the words slightly to suit our own purposes, and uh, go out and buy it. Oh dear. Do you not think it's quite weird, though, because all of these players were extremely popular in the snooker world? Yeah. Yet the matchroom mob just <laughs> really, like, dominated. Well, if not... I probably would need to read some sort of Barry Hearn biography to work out why they weren't in the matchroom mob, but were they seen mm. as too risky or or too dangerous? Or mm, Probably. I don't know whether I'm just buying into the whole Alex Higgins. I don't know why Tony Knowles isn't particularly. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He's not exactly uh, got the reputation of White and, and Higgins. Has well, he? you say that, Joe, but this YouTube clip, it says... Um, it says that Tony Nowers was fondly remembered as Snooker's very own Casanova. Well. Uh, and it says, uh, if you have any nosy footage or memorabilia to trade, or even if you just like to... <laughs> even if you just like to share your own TK memories, then please get in touch. To trade? <laughs> Why would you want to trade? <laughs> so that this video has been uploaded by some sort of Tony Knowles super fan. <laughs> Gareth, if you're watching, we don't have any uh, Tony Dolls merchandise, but if you do, we'd certainly like to have it. Wait, what's going on? I'm going to send you a link, <laughs> Joe. There's a oh. so I'll send you this link, Joe. This is a link to the the artwork for the single. Oh wow, is this on Discogs? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Wow. Firstly, there's only three of them. <laughs> yes. They didn't like Kirk Stevens, apparently. <laughs> Secondly, I think we've got our podcast artwork sorted. <laughs> <laughs> they're, 
at the beach for some reason. Why are they at the beach? <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, I mean, they must have been down in South End or something. It is classic people's dads trying to be rock and roll with that picture, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Even though they probably weren't even that old back then, but they just look like they were... Look at Jimmy's hair there. Well, that certainly wasn't a wig, was it? Discogs also lets me know there was a, a B-side called Leaving by the Back Door. Oh. Which I can't find anywhere, so... uh if anyone's got that, maybe the Tony Knoll super fans out there, if you've got Leaving <laughs> by the Back Door, please do let us know. <laughs> I mean, interestingly, uh, you know, on the YouTube description again, it does say Tony Knowles, Alex Higgins, Kirk Stevens, Jimmy White, you know, leads with Tony Knowles. So. Oh, he's the lead singer on that recording, clearly. But yeah, let's take it back to the, the song quickly, Joe. What did you think of that? cover of it's kind of a cover they do even say in the music video we're not really singers and they yeah, do say well, they're not. <laughs> and they do say well we sort of did our own song added a few words to make it a bit mm. relevant but it's mm. it's um it's not massively snooker themed is it not really um yeah i it's 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 comfortably worse than stephen hendry's Mask singer escapades, in my Ooh. opinion. I, to be wow. honest with you, out of everybody, Alex Higgins actually had the best voice, weirdly. He did go on to release his own song, which we'll cover in the future, and he did. I mean, Jimmy White also did feature on the Romford rap eventually, but I don't think I want a Jimmy White album based on this. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because he just sings how he speaks, so it's uh, yeah, a, a bit strange. For me... It's a it's a two point five out of ten. Oh, our lowest score so far! Wow, I mean, I can't give it that much higher. I think just because they're called four away, I'm going to give it a four out of ten. <laughs> four foul, away, foul, four away. <laughs> that, yeah, that is their score. Four away. I've given you a four. Well, what we need to do, Tom, is is get the 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 ref from World Championship two thousand and four, and also Snooker Nation Championship, and get him to say that foul four away. If you find him at the Ronnie O'Sullivan shop, please do. <laughs> to finish on four away, I can see why it didn't chart. To be honest, I like the fact yes. it exists. It's good fun that it exists, and they tried. Mm. But it was again. It was just petty, wasn't it? And when anything is born out of pettiness, it doesn't work usually. So yeah, and yeah. I do feel like the Matchroom Mobs one was probably higher budget. It actually had professional musicians involved, whereas this one feels like they went quick. We've got two weeks. Get into the studio, record something, and this is what they, they yeah. this is what they gave With us. Whatever money they had left. Yeah, because, you know, they were very well known for blowing a lot of their money, so... Uh, yeah, I don't think they made a profit on this, let's say that. Just really quickly, I think we should read a few comments that were left on the YouTube video for The Wanderer. Someone saying, Alex ain't a bad Skinner. Skinner? <laughs> I'll say well, that he probably again. Is, probably isn't a bad Skinner, to be honest. But it, it says, Alex ain't a bad singer, to be fair. Someone else saying... Ridiculous that this never made it to number one. I I say let's change that. <laughs> you will not have the approval of Peter Sharkey who comments <laughs> while these four were doing this bollocks and winning out. Steve Davis was winning everything. 
I think I've seen him on my Snooker 19 videos, actually. Well, there's a wonderful reply to Peter Sharkey where someone goes, I think you're fine. Steve Davis had just recorded Snooker Loopy with Chaz and Dave, mate. So, so there we go. Oh, so there you go. There's a war of words. Yeah. You thought Hussein and Ronnie was heated. Well, should we uh, should we cue the laughter? We shall cue the laughter, and this has once again been found by the trusty Tom Mayhew eBay search <laughs> tactics. <laughs> yes, which always leads me to bizarre things, and I've got a. A few links of something here, Joe, and I'll Ooh. pop these over to you. Then we can chat about them. It's not something that I currently own. I say currently as if I'm going to buy it. I wasn't planning on buying it, but we know how badly this can go. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. A John Virgo waistcoat size large snooker black ball collection by Piscada. Well, these are the the Black Ball collection, and it's it's actually licensed John Virgo waistcoats. I mean, what? <laughs> I mean, one of them sold out on Etsy, so you know. Uh, <laughs> so luckily, we can't buy that one. But so, Joe, would you ever buy a John Virgo waistcoat? That's the question. You know what, Tom? This is actually the least tempting thing <laughs> I think I've ever seen related to snooker. But it's John Virgo. You love John Virgo. I do love John Virgo. You can but... dress up like John Virgo. <sighs> yeah. If me and you, Joe, have a <laughs> snooker fancy dress party, this would be perfect for you. <laughs> Perhaps if we go around the clubs doing exhibitions, maybe maybe we could. I'll get some that. of uh, Dennis's glasses and you get a JV waistcoat. <laughs> it, deal. <laughs> or how about, how about I wear the D- DT glasses and you wear the John Virgo waistcoat? Oh no! I wasn't hoping you were going to say that. And and also, you you could go and uh, you could go and wear one for one of your gigs as a fourth. <laughs> I just think I'd get booed off for no reason. They would just go, "What earth are you wearing?" <laughs> I don't want to watch this. <laughs> you just say this is my inspired by my hero. John yeah, Virgo. but I would, I would panic. I'd take the waistcoat off. I'd be trying to show them the label, going, "Look, it's John Virgo," and they go, "Boo, get off!" <laughs> we prefer Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> we watch Eurosport. We bought the Wanderer. We we prefer alternative snooker players. We prefer Dave Hendon. Because <laughs> <laughs> Dave Hendon probably has has come to watch one of your gigs just to analyse a snooker podcaster. In their real life job, <laughs> I would not be surprised at all, to be honest. <laughs> but yeah, this waistcoat—if we're saying where's the waistcoat going in the bin, in the bin, I think <laughs> nowhere fast. I think is uh, is is what I would say. Well, I think this episode we've probably had the worst cue the music song and the worst cue the laughter items. Well, yes. So we'll we'll have to make it up with our incredible first round predictions. Round one predictions. We both mm-hmm. predicted Ronnie O'Sullivan, didn't we? Yep. Uh, I think you went for Ding. I went for Hussein. So I made a mistake going for Ding. He lost. Yep. I went for Ricky Walden, and I persuaded you to go for him, didn't you I? You cost me that point, Joe. Yeah, and then. Uh, we both went Williams, McGill, 
Lazowski, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I went Milkins. I went Milkins as well. Yeah. Uh, Murphy, I assume we both went for. Yeah, we both got that wrong. I I went Mark Allen. You I will went have went Allen. Stuart Bingham, surely. Of course I went Stuart yeah, Bingham. Yeah. I went Dave Gilbert. I'm ashamed of myself. <laughs> Don't tell Bingham tomorrow. I then went Ali Carter and Wu Yeezer. I went Neil Robertson. Yeah. Because I am not a silly Billy Joe. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went Kyron, John, Gary, Mark. I think you went Slesser, didn't you? I had Kyron, David Grace, <laughs> Elliot, Elliot Slesser and Mark yeah. Selby. I mean, David yeah. Grace was a bad choice, but Slesser almost brought it back, to be he fair. Did. I think he yeah, did, a good yeah. Job. It, was a, it was a dreadful match, though, that one, really. But uh, what, one of those things, I mean, I got 11 there, so... You got 11, I got... What did I get? I got 10, not far off, not, not far bad. off. Not bad. So, yeah, my uh, accumulator was uh, was not, not... Didn't come through, I'm afraid. Well, shall we just do who we've uh, predicted for round two, then? Yes, so um, I've went uh, Ronnie O'Sullivan. I went Ronnie as well. And obviously, if you don't know how this prediction thing works, you do all the predictions at the start of the championship. So there will be some players here that I've predicted that obviously have already gone out and that Joe's predicted that have gone out. That's just the way this website works. But yes, I've done Ronnie O'Sullivan to uh, to get through round two. And then I've done Mark Williams. Mm, me too. Yep. Then the match that you'll be seeing, I've gone for Jack Lizowski. Yes, Jack Lazowski for me. My first one that's definitely wrong because I put Sean Murphy. Yeah, me too. Then I've got Mark Allen. Mm-hmm. Another mistake, I've got Ali Carter. Mm-hmm. Have you got him as well? Mm-hmm. Then I've got Kyrian Wilson and Mark Selby. I cannot believe we have predicted exactly the same round Really? Yes, yeah. So that's going to be really boring next week when, uh, when we say, <laughs> oh, our round two predictions... Um, yeah, we had exactly the same. Just, just well, I, I guess from this point, it kind of doesn't matter. Who did you predict to win in the quarterfinals? Mark Williams, and oh, you would have gone Ronnie. I went Ronnie. Yeah, Sean Murphy. So yeah. I'm not getting anything there. <laughs> yeah, did you go for him as well? Yeah. Stop commentating, Sean. We need these points. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went Ali Carter. I went Mark Hallam. Okay. So, oh, that's close. I mean, you, you, you know, I, I'm already out of that one, and uh, then Kyron to beat Mark I Selby. Would, I put Selby in there. Mm, I, I, you know what? I think you may well. Mark Williams might let you down, but other than that, oh no, because you got Sean Murphy wrong, haven't you? So yeah, yeah, and then uh, I've got Ronnie and Kyron in the final. So for my final, I put Mark Williams against Mark Allen. Oh, the Battle of the Marks. I mean, there'll be three marks in the semi-final with yours. Has that ever, has that ever happened before? Yeah. I mean, thank God there's so much diversity in the game. <laughs> Last year we had the three of the class of 92 in there. Yeah. Now we've got three marks, you know. Yeah. How dare Mark Joyce not get there? <laughs> <laughs> or Mark King. Maybe it would have been his, yeah, who knows. Yeah. Literally, when they're doing the name on the trophy, they can just put Mark on already. Just yeah, <laughs> they've already yeah. got the first name on there. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a good point. Actually, has there ever been a final with two players having the same name? We're gonna have to go to Wikipedia and have a look. I mean, it will have happened in other tournaments, surely. But I mean, we didn't have ever Steve and Stephen. But apparently, Steve is just Steve. Apparently, uh, his mum. 
sent his birth certificate into a snooker scene one year <laughs> to, to show that it... <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> it was just Steve Davis, not Stephen Davis. Because somebody was saying there... Uh, um, <laughs> Well, they want to see uh, an exhibition match between Stephen Davis and Steve Hendry. <laughs> <laughs> right, look, looking quickly through the World Championships, we did have yeah. Joe Davis against Fred Davis. Obviously, they were related and they had the same surname. In terms of first name, though, I mean, Rex Williams, you're not going to get a second Rex, are you? <laughs> No. Oh, losing finest in 1965 was Fred Van Rensburg. And the next year, the losing finest was Fred Davis. So that's two Freds in a row. Mm, okay. And then 1968, John Pullman won. The year after, John Spencer. Perry Manns. <laughs> I should have two Perrys. Yeah, well, Perry Mann versus Joe Perry. <laughs> <laughs> Clash of the Titans. <laughs> I don't think there's ever been a mark against a mark. There's a mark against Matthew Stevens, or Mark John Williams. Against a John. Yes, yes. Yeah, there's been no at the moment. I've not seen mm. any. Ronnie versus Ronnie. <laughs> no, it's. Yeah. I don't think it's it's ever happened, Joe. This could wow. be a uh, history in the making. History, Peter versus Peter. You know. <laughs> I mean, he often did play himself when he was out there, but um... I mean, it is. I always find it absolutely mad, like. How many world championships were won by either someone called Mark or someone with the surname Davis or someone with the surname Higgins? Yeah. Like, when I was a kid, I couldn't understand that John Higgins wasn't related to Alex Higgins. I was just like, <laughs> how has that happened? That's mad. It, it, like, you, were, you were devastated when you found out Mark Davis wasn't related to Steve. <laughs> I thought, the dynasty, it lives <laughs> on. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is a weird one, isn't it? That you know, because of the spelling of Davis as well. Mm. You know that that that's amazing, really. And uh, I sub- we could also have a Wilson Wilson quarterfinal, couldn't we? That is a possibility. We'll see. We'll see. We're no, we don't profess to be singers, but equally, I mean, <laughs> go out and buy it. It's been a pleasure to uh, podcast with you again, Tom, and. I'm sure I'll have lots of stories from the Crucible to share. I'm going to be looking out for you on the telly, mate. Are you going to do a funny, a funny wave when the camera? I mean, I'm not, but yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> unfortunately, Tom. But yeah, yeah, we're going to all be trying to spot you tomorrow, Joe. Um, well, I look forward to it. And you're going to return with stories, and hopefully, hopefully a hot tub. Who knows? But uh, no, I'll go and say hello to Hazel tomorrow. I'll go, good evening, Hazel. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> she just go, why are you saying it like that? I'm very confused. <laughs> good evening, Hazel. I like it if her going, hello, Dennis, and looking up and going, oh, you're not Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> That's you... what you think, Hazel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, some other good news. The Tour Championship is coming to Manchester, so I'll be able to... Um, attend the Tour Championship next year. I might try and come. Mm-hmm. Let me know how much tickets are. I might try and pop to Manchester and watch all of you. Yeah. You can do a gig at... Uh... You've done gigs in Manchester before, haven't you? So, yeah, the Frog yeah. and Bucket yeah. in Manchester. The Comedy Store in Manchester. Streets in Manchester. Yeah. Primark in Manchester. <laughs> they asked me to leave very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> 
I kept saying to them, do you have a John Virgo waistcoat? <laughs> but no, it, it, it should be good. I mean, anything's got to be better than the first few rounds in Hull, where it was Snooker 19-esque. And there goes all our listeners in Hull. I mean, yes. to be fair, there probably weren't that many of them, because I don't know if you went to watch the matches in Hull. No, they only like the seniors snooker, so... Rightly so. <laughs> yes, they, they'd rather watch Rodney Goggins and uh, <laughs> and Darren Morgan. I can't believe Rodney Goggins is a real name. <laughs> I know it is, but it sounds like a, a children's character or something. <laughs> I mean, that should be our cue, the laughter, shouldn't it? <laughs> what, the, the career of Rodney Goggins. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Rodney uh, Rodney Goggins. Oh, that's one more thing, Joe. Just before we go, uh, I was looking on Wikipedia, <laughs> and I don't think this is his real nickname, but someone put Matthew Selt's nickname as Ready Selted. <laughs> <laughs> Ready Selted. <laughs> oh, that's a cracker. Uh, I wonder what Goggins' nickname is. Uh, he doesn't have one, unfortunately. That's a shame. Feel free to add one, mate. Edits. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, how can I do this? Come on. Nickname. Nickname equals. Right. Um. <laughs> nickname equals the... Uh, the Dublin Sausage? Or, I mean... <laughs> The, I mean, he's from Wexford, so it's got to be the Wexfordshire sausage. The Wexfordshire. <laughs> there we go. Right. Publish changes. <laughs> hey, Tommy, here you go. There you go. Hold on, I'm just going to look at Rodney Goggins and see if I can see his nickname. The Wexford's a sausage! <laughs> I really hope he's got like a an email alert for his own Wikipedia page. So he just types in his email and goes, well, that's not my nickname. Why am I called the Wexford's a I think we've we've got to keep an eye on how long that stays there. Make sure you get a screenshot of that. I'll get a screenshot of Matthew <laughs> Selt and Stephen Holworth. Yes, and we'll keep an eye on how long they. Uh... <laughs> yeah, he's still called Ready Selted. That makes me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll ha- we'll have to try and get um, Stephen Holworth on the podcast and ask him if that is actually his nickname. I mean, it might be. This might be Matthew Selt's nickname. I. I don't remember if they introduced him, is it? Ready. It's ready, Salted. Matthew Salt. <laughs> oh, God. Now Tom's going to introduce me as ready, Salted, next week. <laughs> or the Wexfordshire sausage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Beautiful. Right. Well, that's a, that's a great way of ending the podcast, I think. Yeah, so absolutely. thank you, everyone, for listening. Hope you yes. enjoy the next few days of the championship before mm, we're back. Absolutely. Hopefully those nicknames will still be on Wikipedia by the time we return. Uh, I hope they are. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you very soon. Thanks for listening. Please do like, share, comment, all that stuff. And we'll see you very soon.